Good morning, Reynolds. Good morning, Reynolds. I'm Liv. <laughs> and I'm Keelan. Okay, can we please have you starting the announcements every single morning? Can we? Let's start a petition. Yes. Okay, thank you so much, guys. Link in bio. I'm kidding. Um, before we start today, I would like to acknowledge and give thanks to the Lekwungen-speaking people on whose traditional territory we live, we love, and we learn. Alrighty. Thank you, Liv. Um... <laughs> What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the Moose Hide campaign today. The Moose Hide campaign? What? What is that? <laughs> um, so, if you guys have been paying attention when you walk in the doors, there's these hide badges. Yeah. So, there's these badges at the front doors, right on the desk, where you should be hand sanitizing your hands. Listen and... up, guys. Contact tracing. <laughs> pandemic. And basically, the badge at the front door is for you guys to take one and... When you wear it, it actually signifies something. Did you know that? I did. What does it signify? (laughs) It is kind of an outward sign. A bit of a promise to never cause harm to the women or children in your life. Yeah, so that's basically what the Moosehide campaign is all about. It's a movement of Indigenous and non-Indigenous men and boys who are standing up against gender-based violence, mostly directed to women and young girls. This campaign started back in 2011 from Sage and Raven and their father, Paul Lassert. Did you know that Raven and Sage are actually Reynolds alumni? No way! (laughs) This day is on February 11th, which is actually this Thursday. This Thursday coming up. So coming up. Do you know what sparked interest to this? No, I don't, Keelan. (laughs) Tell me. What sparked interest? Hunting along the... Along Highway 16, which, if you guys didn't know, is the Highway of Tears. So, the Highway of Tears is in between Prince George and Prince Rupert, and basically, a lot of missing and murdered Indigenous women are found there, because that's when all the camps start up, and basically, these people on these camps don't have anything to do, like... Basically, the only thing they have there is Wi-Fi, and I don't even know if they're allowed to FaceTime anyone, like their families or whatever. But that's basically, yeah, that's basically the life they live. So when they get out of the camp, it is a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that is why so many women go missing. And it's like kind of directed at Indigenous because it's usually by the reserves. We have an interview with Sage Lassert. How she and her sister and her father started this campaign. So we hope you enjoy the interview. Okay, so I think I'll start with the first question. And the first question we have for you is, what is the most important thing about the Moose High Day for you? About the day? Mm-hmm. The most important part of the day is the fast. Mm. We have a lot of intention setting around the fast. It's the medicine that we carry to work communally to honor the women and children in our lives. And there's something really beautiful about when communities and now our nation is coming together to participate in a shared ceremony. I think energetically there will be a ripple when everyone is fasting at the same time, giving a small sacrifice of themselves, then we will all be able to heal uh, from that. 
I think that there's a lot of components of fasting that are really beautiful as well. It shows you to be selfless and to give a little bit of yourself for others. And it also is very grounding practice. So we believe that the most powerful tool that Moose Hide offers is the opportunity to practice ceremony. Regardless of who you are, you don't have to be indigenous to fast. People have fasted around the world um, for hundreds of years in different um, ceremonies and for different community events. So we ask for people to give one piece of themselves from sunup to sundown for one day. And then we close that with a little bit of water and a little bit of berries. And is that the most important part of the campaign for you or just the day? The most important part of the campaign, I think, is that people are willing to make a shift in their own mindset as an individual. Because the campaign is very widespread. Many people across the country uh, do many of the actions. We all gather. Um, Many of us facilitate uh, some sort of community event or we offer a kiosk all of those things are really important but if the individual doesn't have a shift in mindset that uh, carries an inherent belief uh, when an opportunity may prevent present itself to that person where they could act in a way that exhibits aggression um, jealousy uh, to be physically violent to hold power over another I think unless we're able to actually shift the mindset of those folks, then then we're not really doing our job. And so when we talk to folks who tell us a story about how they're past perpetrators of violence or, um, or they've had an experience where they felt like they wanted to react in a way that isn't coming from a place of love and groundedness, they're, they're reacting, they're coming from a reactive kind of mindset and I think the beauty of the campaign is talking to those people and hearing those stories and hearing that maybe they have been a perpetrator of violence in the past and today they are proudly willing to talk to their community about what they're doing especially for the men to practice healthy masculinity. What part of the campaign surprised you the most? Largely what is my um what surprised me the most hmm I don't know if it's necessarily surprising but um we learned pretty quickly that young people are very powerful we learned that uh young ones in um as young as in kindergarten or folks who are in post-secondary um are very incredibly intelligent and are the agents who create most change in our society, I would say, um, or who have the power to facilitate this change. I'm not sure if that's a surprise to anyone. We know that if you uh, raise a child or a young person in a particular way that they will at least glean some of those values. Uh, but what we've learned even this year, that there are 50,000 people between the ages of five and 18, so K to 12 age students, who are willing to attend Moosehead Campaign Day. 50,000 students. So to be able to um, engage with that many 
kids and to be able to say, hey, like, how do you feel about this? What do you think is really cool. And they've created all of these new movements that we would have never even thought of before. Um, so the power, power of their minds is just extraordinary. And I'll never cease to be surprised or amazed by kids and youth who come up to me and are just bonkers smart and <laughs> show me a lot of new perspectives about the world. So kind of going along with that, if you could say one thing to this younger generation or the kids in school right now, what would it be? Burn it down. Just don't accept the status quo. And we know that it's not working for us anymore. There's so many structures that um, have been put in place to keep us on on our tracks. And it's really the power of your voice, especially as students, you're involved in an institution that's built to serve you. Everyone is there to serve you, to make sure you have the best possible outcome. So what I would say is to make sure your voice is heard or if, if you're not a public speaker or if you're not someone who does performative arts or things like that, then to do it with actions, um, to use social media and to, um, I guess, shake yourself of any fear that your voice won't be recognized and that your voice um, will stand alone. We know that there, all you need is one person to speak up and then many more will come forward. And so to just honor yourself and to, to speak up when you can. I always say that I sage against the machine and I just kind of always um, quite radical in my beliefs. And I would, I would love to see other young ones standing up and getting uh, old white men to shake in their boots. <laughs> So that was the podcast. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Now, Keelan, I have one final goodbye question for you. Oh, well, what's the question, Lou? Well, today we've unpacked most of this campaign and we figured out the answer to a lot of questions, but there's one question left remaining. And what's that? Do you know what a moose sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> um, really? I don't think I do. Okay. Well, like, I'm pretty sure, like, it's kind of like a deer, but deers scream. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you hit them with your car, they do. Um, okay. Well, that's the final question that we'll leave you guys to think with. I'm kidding. Keelan, do your best impression three to one now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if that was good. Okay, or three, not. two, one, go, Liv. Okay. No, that was literally a dog. I don't know what I'm saying. Sweetheart, that's a car horn. (laughs) Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed. And we will see you at the next podcast. All right. See you. Today's episode was brought to you by Liv and Keelan. Special thanks to Sage for coming on and sharing her perspectives. Original music by Torin. And keep your ears open for the next Reynolds Voices coming shortly.